I'm Father Brian Christensen. We're going to begin a whole new series of podcasts here that will really inspire you with the love that God has for us. Jesus came and said, how I want to set the world on fire. And Catherine of Siena, she said, if you knew who you were called to be, you would be a flame, a flame with God's love. And so tonight we begin our podcast, The Flame seeking to understand and share the experiences of God's love in our lives. And for our inaugural podcast, we have a wonderful couple that I've known for a very long time, Jacques and Annie Daniel. And so without further ado, please welcome Jacques and Annie. We've told this story um, a number of times, and so we're not always sure how to begin because it usually comes up... um, as we're harassing one another. So um, so we're gonna pretend like we've already been on each other's nerves a little bit. And- um, You have to pretend about that. <laughs> and, and tell the story of the goose. Um, Jacques and I met in college and um, at the time I was not Catholic and he was on his way out of the church and because God is good and faithful, um, he showed us both the beauty of the church and, um, and through many circumstances called us, called us back and into the fullness of the faith. Um, and when that happened, um, we began to read every Catholic book we could get our hands on. We listened to every single Scott Hahn tape back in the days when it was really tapes um, that we could and it wasn't too long ago was it (laughs) (laughs) It was ages ago Um, and then um, when we finally got engaged we thought this marriage thing is gonna be a piece of cake we've got this down totally have this down so um, so we went to a good friend and said um, who should we go to for marriage prep? And she said, oh, for sure you should go to Father Christensen. Just call him up. And we did not know Father very well at the time. Um, And so we called up Father at the cathedral. I think it might have been his secretary. And they scheduled a time for us to come down. And before we knew it, we were in Father's office and going over our focus test, which showed us rather quickly that marriage was indeed not going to be a piece of cake (laughs) at all. (laughs) And we had a lot of things that we had yet to discuss. So um, I don't, Father liked to remind us that um, at the time we had, we were the second place um, couple for the length of pre-marriage prep meetings. So obviously, we had a lot of work to do, and, um, and in the middle of our marriage prep, we, we met to discuss um, my feelings about being subordinate to my husband, and I think that's exactly how Father put it. We sat in front of him, he was behind his desk, and we were in two comfy chairs, and he said, tell me your feelings of being subordinate to your husband. And my not-so-feminist heart, but I had grown up in the culture, said, 
I don't like that one bit. <laughs> Not at all. But I tried to play it off like I could be cool with it. And um, and I said, this sounds like a good topic. For <laughs> That's exactly what he said, too. Um, and so... It's Father, about time. <laughs> so then Father read to us um, Ephesians 5, 21 through 28. Do you want to read that? Be subordinate to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives should be subordinate to their husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is head of his wife, just as Christ is the head of the church. He himself the Savior of the body. As the church is subordinate to Christ, so wives should be subordinate to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church and handed himself over for her to sanctify her, cleansing her by the bath of water with the word, that he might present to himself the church in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. So also husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. So, um... I went into that meeting with dread and came out feeling very hopeful, actually, because um, Father is a gentle shepherd most of the time, and um, he made it really clear to us that um, that wives should be subordinate to their husbands um, because husbands were to love their wife um, as Christ loved the church. And he turned to Jacques and he said, "Are you? Can you love her like that? Can you lay down your life for her?" And and I don't remember how the rest of the um, meeting went, but we we drove back to the town we were living in. Forty-five miles. And about halfway home, um, Jacques said to me, "I don't think I can do it." And I said, "Excuse me, what?" <laughs> And he said, I, I, don't think, I don't think I can do it. What Father said tonight, I don't think, I, I don't know if we can get married. So I don't remember that. No, that's exactly how I it went remember. down. I remember saying, I don't think I can do that. Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure you said, <laughs> I can't do that. And <laughs> what went through my mind was, I have a dress. I, we have a hall, we have the cake, we, wh what do you mean we can't, do this is, it is too late, my friend, too late, <laughs> too late. So there was this question in our hearts um, about whether or not we were really cut out for this and what we were going to do, and because we were young and therefore stupid, we just kept plowing ahead. That's what you do. You and just I keep should going. say, I wanted to do it. I wanted to do that. <laughs> I was just having doubts of whether I could do that. Yeah. Which is a different thing. Yeah. It scared, it scared the snot out of me. So, um, so I don't know what time of year that was, but um, right after Easter, the year that we were engaged, Jacques, um, the father had said, I think this is her finally, finally, I can get rid of you guys. And finally, this is the last meeting. Why don't you come down and I'll make dinner for you. And we'll have our last meeting and we'll talk through the liturgy and, and things for your nuptial mass. And so 
Jacques said, um, because we were in college and therefore had no money, we didn't really go on dates, but that night he said, let's make a date of it and let's go to Canyon Lake Park and, and we can go to Blessed Sacrament and pray beforehand um, and, then, and then we'll go to dinner with Father. And I said, yeah, that sounds, that sounds great. That sounds beautiful. Um, so we drove down to Canyon Lake Park and I had never been to the gazebo. You know that the gazebo is like 50 yards on that bridge and then the, the gazebo's out there on a nice little island. So we went out, it was all romantic and we were struck with our love for each other and totally wrapped up in one another. And then we turned around to go back to our car because it was time to head back. And we saw, it was a lovely spring evening, and we saw all of these ducks and geese and Jacques saw a particular goose, and he said, that thing's coming for us. And I said, no, it's not, because you must know that Jacques has a thing with animals, that he just doesn't get along well with animals. The goose was hissing and charging for us. It was the scariest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I've never seen an animal do that. And so I was blowing him off, and then I realized that the goose was actually hissing and charging us. And so Jacques said... Run. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's all I could think of. That's not, a, that's not what happened. What it actually happened <laughs> was we were walking hand in hand, and he saw the goose and told me that it was coming for us. <laughs> And I laughed at him, and then I realized it was coming for us, and then he said, run, and he pushed me back <laughs> towards the goose and took off running across the bridge. And was, it was like a Scooby-Doo cartoon where his legs were moving super fast, and there was dust kicking up, and I was left in place. And as he ran, the goose came and attached itself to my knee, through my jeans, and he was on the other side of the bridge with the fisherman on the shore, and he was jumping up and down and yelling, kick it, kick it, hit it, get rid of it. And I was struck immobile by the fact that I had a goose attached to my leg, and I didn't know geese could do that, and I was in incredible amounts of pain. I thought it was all good advice. And I finally, I finally broke loose from the goose and met Jacques, who was starting to come back towards me. And he met me with laughter and asked me if I was okay. And I think he saw in my face that maybe I wasn't okay. And I pulled up my pant leg and it was already swollen to the size of a softball. And it had broken the skin and was black and blue and really bad. Um, and... And really, I, was, I just felt um, like I was right to be upset and to, it seemed like a really long time that I had this stupid goose on me, but it wasn't. <laughs> um, but I, I, did feel, I did feel like Jacques could see for the first time that it hadn't been easy to get that stupid goose off of me. And, um, and I That's saw- I said, run. <laughs> all of the color drain from his face 
And he said, I think we need to take you to the hospital. <laughs> and I said, no, I think it's fine. I think we should call your mom. We should call your mom right now. Maybe we should call father and tell him, tell him that we're going to be late. I said, no, I think it's going to be fine. I think it's going to be fine. And we finally got to the car. We got in the car and we were silent. And we were halfway to cathedral when he said, maybe we shouldn't go to Glacier for our honeymoon. And I said, wait, what? Well, if I can't, if I can't protect you against a goose, how am I going to protect you against a bear? I just can't do it. I can't do it. So we, we calmed down and we got to cathedral and um, they led us into the rectory. And I think father saw that we were a little shaken up and um, feeling, feeling a little out of sorts. And he said, what's, what's going on? And so we told him the stupid story of the goose and showed him my leg. And the first thing he said to Jacques was, where were you, Adam? And Jacques turned white again and was really struck with this responsibility placed before him. Yeah, somehow we still got married. <laughs> and we still went to Glacier. And we didn't run into any geese and or bears. We did buy bear bells. And spray. <laughs> <laughs> but how has that... You've laid down your life for me over and over again. Yeah, no, it's an embarrassing story every time you tell it. <laughs> but the goose was really scary. <laughs> it was a big goose. I mean, you know... It wasn't a little tiny duck. It was a big goose. <laughs> and it was hissing. Um, no, it was a, it's a very embarrassing story. But uh, it was really... It did occur to me, all these conversations and uh, this experience that I really, I really in my humanity was incapable of, of laying down my life for my wife and how much I really needed help. <laughs> Christ's help to uh, to be who he was calling me to be to be this husband and so uh, the experience wasn't lost on me at all um, we ended up I don't know if we had any more meetings with father or not it seems that was like it. <laughs> that was the, the finale of our marriage prep <laughs> uh, but a few months later we got married July 6th and uh, and uh, the gift to Annie I wrote a song I wrote a song for her which I'll play if you guys want to hear it yeah we, uh, we were married long enough ago that the technology used to record our wedding um, we no longer have a way to um, view it so in searching for the song, all of the song lyrics, we had to borrow an ancient camcorder, and the kids got to see, um, got to see our wedding last night, and, and couldn't get over that they knew so many people um, in the video. And they were young. And that they were young. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, I, I sent a picture to Susan last night of herself reading at our wedding and she hardly recognized herself. <laughs> I don't think she did recognize herself. <laughs> All right, so I wrote the song for Annie. Uh, one thing to note that uh, if you know anything about Annie, every celebration has to have a theme. There has to be some theme to the celebration. So every birthday and 
partying uh, celebration has a theme. And for our wedding, we both decided that we would use this theme. Um, there's a reading in the Song of Solomon, Song of Songs, chapter 8, verse 7, uh, verse 6 and 7. It's talking about love. It says, set me as a seal upon your heart, as a seal upon your arm, for love is strong as death. Jealousy is cruel as the grave. Its flashes are flashes of fire, a most vehement flame. Many waters cannot quench love, neither can floods drown it. And so uh, this was the theme of our wedding, unquenchable love. We used it in our uh, invitations. It was our website, unquenchablelove.com. You could go and find because out events of the wedding. If you have a van and a website, you can do You got anything. a domain name, and it's all that you need. <laughs> so, um, and in fact, uh, Annie, the ring that Annie bought for me that we exchanged uh, on that day has it in, inscribed in the Song of Songs 8-7, so I'd never forget. So, this song is, uh, is based on that and a scary goose. <laughs> Roughly. Earthly desires, love that makes. 
hours cannot quench Love that strips away empty desires Love that makes all the difference the goose if I've uh, <laughs> fell out of the goose but I'm trying to lay down my life for my bride and it's easier when there's not a hissing animal charging at you. <laughs> but it is a, you know that isn't I don't remember in our marriage but anything about hissing geese <laughs> or any of you know the struggles that we have had in our marriage that have been difficult in ways that we've had to, ways that I have had to lay down my life for her and that she's had to lay down her life for me and, um, but through Christ. God is good. God is good.